Welcome to Smut Lovers, the podcast. The one place designed to talk about all things smut. For years, the word has carried negativity, but it's time to take back and own it. In each episode, you will spend time with spicy romance author Nikki Rome as she interviews readers, authors, and kinksters about all things romance. Do you have a book you love, but you've been too afraid to talk about it? Leave all that worry at the door and join us as we dig into what we love and what we hate about smutty books. All right, welcome back to another fun episode of Smut Lovers, the podcast where we are here to talk all things smut. As usual, my name is Nikki Rome, a spicy romance author, and this week I have with me the ever-amazing Levada Tally, otherwise known as Storm, and she is here with us today to talk about smut. Surprise, surprise. Um, but here's the fun part. She's one of our very first guests who is a reader and reviewer of smut. She's got her own blog and podcast and all this other great stuff. I think up to this point, we've only spoken so far with authors, so this is kind of fun and exciting. Thanks so much, Storm, for being here with me tonight. <laughs> this uh, this should be fun. We'll keep it simple. But let me tell you guys a little bit about Storm before we get going. Uh, so she's a 44-year-old U.S. Marine veteran. Thank you very much for your service. Who decided that after getting a degree in biology, she'd rather just read romance and talk about it. I love it. I love it. So now she reads romance. She does vlog reviews via social media. Um, her book talk is Black Girl Tired Book Talk. So we'll make sure that we uh, note that down in our show notes for today. Uh, she likes to talk unfiltered opinions on romance topics on her podcast as well. Black Girl Tired Book and Talk and Reviews. I, I just I love everything about all of this. It's all about the indie explosion of romance and smut. So thank you again, Storm, for coming tonight and being on here with me. I mean, like every word in this, this is like buzzwords for me. Like if you could like choose keywords for my life, it would be your bio. Smut, <laughs> indie explosion. I don't want to do biology. I just want to read smut for a living. I mean, yeah. though, it's yeah. been crazy, hasn't it? Yeah. So um, let's, let's get to talking. Tell me. Oh, we are on a bit of a delay, y'all. So I apologize. I'm doing my best not to talk over her tonight. So let's <laughs> let's jump let's just jump right in. Jump right in with the this indie piece of it. So have you been a reader of Smut for like ever? Have you ever like no? I mean, when did you figure out the differences between these indie books that have a tendency to be a little more racier versus the traditional publishing? Like, tell me a little bit about your reading journey. I started out with Lorelai. Right. Started out with the Naughty Boys uh, <laughs> books, and for that, it was like, oh my god, sex could be really beautiful and freaky I and sexy, and I love it. So <laughs> it, it started here, and then it moved off into, I got into TikTok, I really wasn't into TikTok, I was more on Instagram. And when mm -hmm. I got to TikTok, oh my God, I didn't, I, I stopped reading a lot of traditional authors. I started reading all indie mm -hmm. authors and found a love for different types of kinks that I didn't met love for. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're not the first one to share that with us here on this podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of, I didn't know I liked that until I read it in a book. <laughs> 
<laughs> so why do you think that is? I mean, obviously, I've got my opinions is why I think things have been blowing up so much on TikTok and wh- why the indie authors are, are just really out there. But I mean, what do you wh- I mean, you've you've spent more time in the app and, and, and obviously digging through that since you do so many reviews. And I'm sure you're you're much more in tune with it than I am because it's a love hate <laughs> relationship with it. But talk to me about some of the trends you see. Like, where is it? What do you think is appealing to the readers, these indie books versus some of that more traditional stuff that we're seeing out there? I talk about this a lot that you have a lot of indie authors that are tapping into a dark aspect in well society might see it as a dark aspect but the bdsm the um not just the alpha male but the alpha female those are the type mm-hmm. of things that people are like pushing towards the male on male the yeah. female the sassy the um diverse romances they're really digging yeah. deep in it. and dark fantasy dark dark romance is really pushing on you know, uh, book talk right now. And yeah. I, every time I turn around, there's another dark romance. And so it's even got me so, I, I never read dark romance until I got on book talk. <laughs> Did you not know it existed or you just didn't know you had a liking for it? I did not, uh, I didn't know I had a liking for it because I am into the BDSM. So mm-hmm. you don't read a lot of books that actually accurately <laughs> depict BDS. So Go it's figure. hard to find <laughs> the whole point that, of our community here is because it's so <laughs> inaccurate in books. <laughs> but like W.S. Um, Greer, he's an author and he has BDSM romance. So mm-hmm. accurate. So amazing. But so dark. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting here like I didn't know I had this type of kink, but I do now. Same yeah. with Monster Kings. Oh, and I can't wait to jump down that monster hole with you. We're going to get there because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, I actively try to avoid new addictions. So I have not jumped into the monster world yet, but I want to hear all about your experience there. Let's talk a little bit about some of this that we that you have uncovered because, you know, you're absolutely right. And I kid when I say, you know, that's the whole purpose of the community that we've created here with Smut Lovers. But it's the truth, too, right? I mean, I was one of those people who would pick up these books, and I had just enough knowledge, and it dipped my toe in the community just enough to know it wasn't right. And yes, Mm -hmm. our books are fantasy, right? And none of them should be read as a manual on what to do. Um, But there are some things that you would expect to make sense. And a lot of times it doesn't or it'll, you know, show the community in a poor light when it really shouldn't. Um, And so some of those big, the big, uh, like, conflicting conversations that we see on book talk have a tendency to do with these racier topics that are also extremely Mm -hmm. popular, right? I mean, how many times have Mm -hmm. we seen that conversation go round and round about how toxic dark romance is? Okay, well, you know what? I'm sorry, but I watched a movie with my husband the other night and it was scary as hell to the point where I was like, I got to turn the change the channel. Like, I can't like put some Disney cartoons on before I go to bed. So what is your opinion as to why it is so acceptable for TV and movies and so forth to depict all this? Or let's just say other genres too, right? Because we can write this in horror. We can write it in thrillers. We can write it in mysteries. But when we cross that bridge over into romance, what do you think it is that's got everybody all bent out of shape over the fact that 
we love the dark elements of it too. I literally think that if people will just take a stack and understand reality sucks, it really sucks. And that sometimes when you read a book and you get into that world, it's not just about being in that world. Sometimes it actually unlocks something that you've been holding back for a long, long time. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, you have, you know, these hidden desires. But you can only read them on the book. And that author really understood what you were going through, even though she or he or they or them did not know you. They yeah. understood it. So, therefore, yeah. it's like, oh, you know, I get it. And so, mm-hmm. society makes us feel bad about not wanting what society wants. Sexual hits came from men. Men who didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Now we have books that we can express what the fuck we want. Can I curse? Yeah. Is it okay to curse? You can curse. We curse. <laughs> okay. I'm not certain I know. In fact, to be fair, I think I'm, yes, I am. I'm wearing my good mom say bad words shirt today. That, so we can definitely curse oh, we're in. Like <laughs> I'm like, let me just put this on when I'm out in public with the children. No, no, you're good. You're good. But you're right. I mean, you're right on so many levels here. Um, you know, and, and in the past and some of the times throughout our podcast here, we've talked about things like writing through trauma, writing through conflict, you know, mm-hmm. writing some of the happily ever afters that we wish we had or people we know had, mm. know had, or knew had, exactly. that they didn't get. And it's that element to the exactly. fantasy part of it that is just so attractive to so many readers. Um, I had ended up reading some darker romances as I was looking for specific kinks in books, um, which is how mm. I had stumbled upon them to begin with. But I would have to say it wasn't until I jumped into the world of TikTok that my mind was just blown with the amount of things that are out there that people are writing. Um, and there's so many things that are trending right now that you just would not see. And again, you know, us here with Smell Lovers, we have nothing against traditional publishing. I mean, obviously, that's where most of us started reading. And many of us, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of us read books that are traditionally published as well. But our indie mm-hmm. authors have this ability to take these risks that yes. the large publishing houses just don't want to dip their toes into. With good reason, because we've seen a lot of authors get some backlash from some of this stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And the risks, I think, are one of the things that so many of us love. I mean, you know, literally, was it yesterday? Maybe it was this morning. I think it was this morning. Camp Kink was banned from Amazon. So, you know, everybody's buying it because if it's banned from Amazon, let's go get it. (laughs) You know, and it seems like every other day lately, we find some other book that is banned out there for some reason that someone in some ivory tower has deemed it is not good for us. So talk a little bit about that that censorship beat, this bit bit of it. I I literally honestly believe that we're so desensitized and so, I'm not even going to say desensitized. I think society is so brainwashed with the, I don't even know how it, the wannabe, all sanctified and, and holy personalities. So, so 
even in the dark, they like those type of kids. But they don't, they'll talk crap about everybody else for liking those kids. So you yeah. have people hiding yeah. their Kindle when they're reading because they don't want nobody to look over and like, oh my God, you're so fucking nasty. Or you're a mm-hmm. deviant. Or, or you like bondage. You like blood plugs. You like uh, CNC. You like knife play. Oh, you're a deviant. But the thing mm-hmm. about it, the people that talk the most about these things are the most unhappiest people. Because they can't deal with yeah. their own shit. <laughs> Being able to be is a way to escape. It is. And I don't think that's a bad thing either, right? I mean, the escapism part of it is another one of those arguments that you see out there all the time. Well, you shouldn't want to escape. Well, okay, well, you know what? Like you said earlier, the world fucking sucks sometimes. And I want to open a book and disappear into someone else's world world for a little while, you know? Um, but essentially, what it, it's almost like masking, right? Like we all want to appear normal to whatever society's normal is. And so we're scared to admit the things that we like and that we love. Um, And one thing that we talk about all the time on this podcast is, you know, have you ever been ashamed of what you read or sharing with others what you do? And I always bring it up because for me, like I was one of those people, like for years and years and years, I never told anybody what I read. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a romance book. Or like if it was military romance, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a little mystery or it's a military. You know, I would like I would like never admit it to people. Because I was terrified of what people would think or say or do about it. It didn't match with my career. It didn't match with my life. It didn't match with my friend. Like, I mean, I had one friend who read historical romance. Y'all, I cannot, you cannot compare a historical romance story to, like, literally reading Primal Kinks and Paranormal. I'm like, yeah, we are not the same. (laughs) So have you ever been one of those people where you felt as if you wanted to keep what you were your love of reading from others? When I uh, found Lorelai, this is a true story. Oh my God. So when I found (laughs) Lorelai, I was in the library looking up some biology stuff. And I saw this book and I was like, hmm, okay. You know, check it out. So I went to the table to read this book. And I was like, oh, my damn. So as I was like, oh, I'm going to check this book out. Read this book. So I check it. I get to the library desk and looking at me like, and then she's looking at the book and she's looking at me. She flips the book over and she reads the back of the book. And then she's back at me and I'm looking around like, uh, so I, it was like a snatch and grab what she did and run out the library like oh my god she knows right <laughs> she knows <laughs> of course she knows she's a librarian they always know and I'm embarrassed but now as I like grown into reading these type of books I don't feel embarrassed anymore mm-hmm. like yeah. I would read this if I'm on a train somewhere. I would read a book that has a half naked man on the cover, two men on the cover getting it on. I don't give a shit because what yeah. what can you tell me? Oh, you're nasty. Okay, and and I love it. Thank you. 
Right. Like, I, it's funny, as I've gotten older, I've let some of that go as well. But I mean, same, like college years, early, I mean, early in life, like you're always, I spent so much of my life concerned what other people thought about me. And this was, you know, yeah, reading was such yeah. a huge part of who I was. Obviously, now I write books, right? Mm-hmm. So it's even even bigger part of who I was um, and who I am. Um, but it's taken me time to let some of that go. And it's, it's hilarious to me now that I have the amount of people you find in your close circles and in every mm-hmm. freaking corner of the earth that is reading the same shit you are. But we've all just been too afraid exactly. to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. And it's all about just embracing yourself and being comfortable in yourself. You know how people say, oh, don't wear a mask for others. It's, um, just be yourself, that's harder for some people to do because we live in a society where you try to impress everyone and make everyone happy. Even when you're not trying to do it, it just somehow it happens. And as you Mm -hmm. get older, I don't know, I can't speak for every older person, but as I got older, that shit went out the door. I can two fucks, two cares, or anything about what anybody thought. You know, I because at at this time, women, them presenting uh, individuals, they downs, we have been repressed much with our sexual desires. We have repressed so much with how we dress, how we act, how we speak, how we are supposed to marry this person or that person just to appease everyone. Maybe that's not what mm-hmm. we want. And mm-hmm. reading these books, sometimes it actually is therapeutic people. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. I um, It was maybe, I don't know, a handful of months ago, there was a girl who was doing a TikTok in regards to her purity culture. And one of the things that she had acknowledged in the video was the fact that she read romance novels and had finally realized there wasn't something wrong with her for having, you know, desires as a woman, you know. And I think... I mean, it's that sort of stuff. I mean, that's what motivates me as an author to keep going. Like, who's going to pick this book up? Who's who's going to actually see this and be like, hmm, maybe that is something I want to try. Or maybe that is something I want to experience. Um, and give them the option to look into it and to really learn themselves better. Because you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many, so much time has gone on. So many years have gone on where so many different types of individuals have tried to conform into what other people have wanted them to be. And, and I think a lot of times it's often thought is that we're just always trying to please the people around us. I think it more comes down to judgment and blame and everything else that so many have, have, I mean, that's it. It's a scary, scary place. You know how they say, you know, the You know, how they going, sorry. Were, <laughs> you know how they said the witch hunts were about, oh, people were doing witchcraft and all this stuff. When it comes to people who are outside of the missionary style, outside of anything that society deems normal, I don't even know why society even have that word, but um, oh, yeah. they tend to just constantly just do a witch hunt on people that are outside of that bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you don't fit into this box, then you're not supposed to fit into any box. 
I'm sitting here like, fuck your box. That's why dark romance gets a little It really is. It really is. All right, let's jump down this uh, monster hole because, like I said, I have purposely been avoiding monster romance for the fact that I cannot take on a new reading obsession at this point in my life right now. And I have a feeling once I start, I won't be able to stop. So you read all the things, right? Talk to me about monster romance because let me tell you, I'm falling in love with some of these damn books on TikTok and I'm like, oh, I just, but if I start, it's one of those, you know, like if I start. Monster romance. Oh, God. Um, I didn't know I could fall in love with a Kraken or a <laughs> Tentacles. <laughs> or um, or even spiders, you know. <laughs> I, I I didn't know that was a thing, but wow. you know when you read the romance, the the sky's the limit. From two penises that vibrate like a vibrator to yeah. having uh, I don't know. Just it's it's addictive. I'm not gonna lie. Because those, those yeah. are one kink where you can think outside the box. Like, really outside the box. you can do literally box. whatever you want. Like, there's no rules. And then you, the reader is just like, wow, he had what <laughs> on the what on the what? He could do what? But what? So oh, I just that, I love it. I, I got an arc for someone. And... Uh, look. <laughs> I, I, oh, I wish y'all could see your know, face right uh, now. Your eyeballs are about to pop out of your head. You're like, <laughs> my daughter's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Oh my god, I need a drink." Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh like, man, this is, this is intense, and it's not even me going through this. Yeah. Yeah. So monster romance, for those of you who might be listening and aren't really familiar with all these little subtropes that have kind of bounced off. And, and I think we touched on this a little bit, but so we've got, you know, you've got your fantasy romance, you've got your paranormal romance. Those are kind of those mainstream subgenres that have been around for a while. Right. So paranormal to me is like your vampires, your werewolves, fantasies, like fantasies, your wizards, your witches, your fairies, all that stuff, right? Do you agree with me with kind of that definition? Yeah. And then we jump into like monster, and then we got alien, and then like, I mean, tentacles for a while almost seemed like it was its own world on its own, but it's it's under monster, and I, you know, I think at the end of the day the part that is most appealing, not just only to the readers, but also to the authors is like, well, I mean he accidentally break that off and he could just grow it back or grow two of them. Like, I mean, you could make it do whatever you want to do, right? Because there is no humanoid spider out there that you got to follow the rules of like a human body. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my daughter was like, Mom, I think you might need to see just maybe. <laughs> little bit it's okay just tell her no no i got help i got all my romance friends they all say that i'm normal we're good there's that word again we're all normal we're good 
Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So if you had like a go-to sub trope, like what's your, like, if you see it, you're buying it. Cause there's, I mean, I mean, there's a ton out there and we're even outside of just what we've talked about in Omegaverse and so forth with the paranormal aspects, but like then we've got our standard tropes that are out there too. So like, what's your absolute favorites? Uh, polyamorous reverse harem. Um, mm-hmm. the um, the stuff. Uh, I love fake relationships because I love rom coms. Um, yeah. we have a dark romance rom com lover here, folks. It is rare. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do, I do, and I love Omegaverse. I don't give a damn what type of Omegaverse it is. I love it. <laughs> I love Omegaverse. Um, yeah, that's what that's my, actually my next addiction that I'm jumping into, which is why I'm avoiding Monster right now. Vivian Murdoch, who's one of our signing authors at the conference, I just bought her whole Omegaverse series in print at the last signing she was at, and I was like, okay, I'm starting with yours. Like, we're, I'm going to do this. She's like, okay, but I've warned you. Them. Like, you're not going to be able Omegaverse to stop. Omegaverse is nothing like you've ever seen in your life is Omegaverse oh. is my god I don't care if it's male females or females and male it's oh hot my god so <laughs> hot um I love beyond that. hot you know and that's another one where we get to kind of make up the rules as we go and I it's just it's so mm-hmm. appealing I just you know I really love a lot of that so let's say you had somebody who was coming to, to you and they were like, they read, you know, mainstream contemporary romance. They like the sex on the page and so on and so forth. But they've got an inkling to kind of dip their toe into some of the stuff they've seen on book talk. What direction would you typically point them in? I would tell them start with like, um, if they're, if their inkling is telling them they want to try dark fantasy, I would tell them to start like with enemies to lovers trope first because mm-hmm. those are always good they can either be mild or they are a slow burn or it can go to hell but it is super either or so yeah. those pizza lovers or um let's see fake relationships like, mm-hmm. like a dark fantasy fake relationship close proximity type you know deal but yeah. I wouldn't tell them, you know, yeah, go to the Dom Sub or the Age Gap or the Megaverse yeah. or Monster King. I would not know. <laughs> yeah, let's kind of ease our way into that, which makes sense because all three, I mean, we see you see fake relationship. You see enemies to lovers. You see DS dynamics in these dark books all the time. I mean, typically for right. a dark romance, it's it's that redemption arc that that hero is going through or sometimes the hero exactly. and the heroine or the, you know, one of them. And that redemption, are you see that on a lower level in like in enemies to lovers, right? Like you got to get to the point where you like them again and you want to see them fucking. Because if you don't, then the whole book's lost on you. Um, and you know, exactly. we recently had talked about it, not lovers community, what that, that slow burn versus like fucking on the page too, right? Because I'm always one where like I'm like, okay, let's get to the action. But um, it was funny because it was brought to my attention and I didn't even realize it. And I recently have started reading, I'm reading um, Death Club 
by Caroline Peckham and her sister, I can never remember her name, the Valetti sisters. They write the Zodiac mm-hmm. Academy, but I, I'm not really um, like a college what's it called? Yeah. Like university Holy Roman. Like that's just not me. Um, but someone had said that they had the Death Club series and they're like, oh, give it a try. And it is dark. It's dark and it's fucked up and it's mm-hmm. awesome. And like we're just starting to get to the sexy bits and I'm on like chapter 12 and I'm like, hold on a second. This is, there, there was no sex chapters ago and I'm still sucked into this. And so one thing for me, yeah. I think when it comes to the dark romance is the stories, the plot lines, the sheer insanity of the characters that'll really keep me going for a while. Um, I mean, dark romance authors are some amazing storytellers, aren't they? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I am reading a book, uh, well, two books. Um, Loser. Well, what's her name? Uh, LaRue. I can't think of her name, but her book is part one, Loser, part two, Loser. My God, it's so dark, but it talks, it touches on like bullying and um, they're not in high school anymore, but stuff they went through and it's so relatable. And the author, even in her notes, she's telling you like, I dealt anxiety. I dealt with bullying. I dealt with eating disorders. I dealt with, you know, slut shaming and all this stuff. And it, she puts it in the book and it's just so good. But it's mm-hmm. so twisted. It's so yeah. Twisted. And she also tells you like, oh, it's a lot of fucking in here. It, it's a whole lot. Oh, in between the lines, there's fucking everywhere. It's fucking. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I, and, not, and it's five hundred and four pages. And I read that in one Such day because it was so freaking good. I love it. We didn't even put it down. I know I've seen that one no. pop up. It's either on my TV. It's it's either on my TBR or it's I've seen it on Book Talk somewhere I know because I remember the name, um, but it's a huge book and you couldn't put it down. That's one of those like gonna have to clear a day because I love it so though. good. But it's so it but it gets in your head because it does deal with a lot of mental health issues. Um, mm-hmm. um, so it's like you do it. I love an author that can make me feel what the characters are feeling. When you're writing, it's that human emotion. Feel, yeah. When you can do that, you got me. Even if you write a yeah. book that said you just tell me this is nothing but sex. There's no. I even had a I, I a book where the author was like, "It's nothing but sex." There's a, something of a story, but it's nothing but sex. I appreciate that. Right. You know. Yeah. But good because the sex is good. Right, exactly. There's no time and a place for every book. It just depends on what you're in the mood for, really. <laughs> and at least they prepare you before you pick up the arc for it, you know, because if you go into one of those expecting that deep and heavy plot or vice versa, it's kind of like, wait a minute, what? hold on, let me get in the right headspace to read this one yeah. here. So let's talk a little bit since you are in the world of like the reviews and all of that and the TikToks and the, I mean, this is a huge thing in your life. So where do you see some of this trending stuff going? I was talking to a newer author um, who has a dark novella that just kind of blew up all of a sudden. 
And she's like, I spent an entire year writing my first novel and it sold less than my novella. And so we were talking a little bit about these darker, shorter reads and, you know, the popularity that they've kind of gained over the last few months and, you know, going into the new year. What do you feel like you're seeing people leaning towards? Are we seeing more of the shorter stuff in the dark world? Are we seeing more of the series stuff? I mean, where are you kind of feeling from what you've seen and heard and the authors you've spoken with? What what do you think we'll see come next year? Other than more monster and omegaverse, because that shit ain't ever gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I I see a lot of um fantasy retellings, like retelling yes. of Beauty and the Beast, retelling of the Nutcracker, the retelling of, you know, a Latin and stuff like that. I, I see mm-hmm. a lot of uh, twists, like Alice in Wonderland and stuff like that. I've I mm-hmm. marked a lot of those that are coming out. So I see a lot of those. Um, as far as novellas, I see more of more dark mafia books coming out, mm-hmm. more so when it, with the novellas. Um, I see a lot of those, the dark mafias, but I also see a lot of college books, like the enemies to lovers yeah. trope. College romance. With, yeah. I'm not really big on it, but, you know. I don't know why it just never seems you know, to hit the spot for me, but I know it's popular. Like, I mean, I see them all the time. I fall in love with the covers and then I'm like, oh, it's a college romance. I can't, you know, I don't know. I read a few every now and again, but I just stay away from it. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's like know, to me, I, sometimes I feel old, like it hits like... too much. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say to me, sometimes I feel like some of that hits a little too close to home. I mean, the college years were not fun for me. And so some of this, the, I don't, it's just like, it puts me in a weird headspace sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I'd rather fantasy, fantasize about the fun stuff. But also, I mean, I'm in my forties too, so it is very far removed. So to bring all that back up again, when I jump into those books, I'm like, who was I then? Like, it's, it's just harder to relate right now for me. I mean, I've read some college books where I'm like, damn, I must have missed out on college. Where the hell was this going on when I was there? You know, <laughs> In the how books. did I miss all of this? <laughs> like, where were you guys doing this in my college? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so hilarious. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here like, I don't want to read it. I didn't get to experience it. Fuck this shit. Yeah. That ain't fun. And I can't go back and do it again, right? Like, the, sometimes the stuff exactly. that you read in the books, you're like, oh, I can try this. Like, let's try that. That could be fun. Uh, but you can't go back right. to college and do that. I mean, you could go back to college, but they might look at you a little weird when you show up at the parties doing the things you see in your books. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said I wanted to, like, escapism. I, I don't want to bring it out like that. <laughs> I don't want it to be that way. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about your vlog reviews, social media. You said you weren't really into TikTok until you jumped into the whole book talk world. I want to hear about your podcast because we're starting to run out of time already. So tell us a little bit more about how you got into all that and what that looks like for you and like what 2023 is going to look at 
2023. Yeah, it's gonna look like for you too. <laughs> um, well, with the reviews, um, I got into it because I read so many books, but I never about them, and I mm. felt like I wanted to talk about them. And then when I uh learned about book talk and saw so many indie authors, like, oh my god, I'm gonna start reading these indie authors, and that's what I started doing, but then I was like. This opened me up to a whole new world of, you know, authors that are not traditionally published. And I'm just like, I have been missing out all of this time. So I stick into like my five phase, you know, type books. Now I have a list, TBR list that is probably about a thousand freaking books. But it, 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 it's TikTok's just, not I good love for the TBR. I swear it's not. I swear it's not. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think with reviewing books, it gives me a chance to read authors' books and see the passion that they have for their books, and I love it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would never pay anybody to or uh, have anyone pay me to review a book because it's so much fun just reviewing oh. and reading <laughs> and seeing the authors, like, blow up. Like, yeah, I was the first one to read that book. You know, so <laughs> it, that, it, that brings me joy. You know, the author wrote it. It just brings me so much joy when I see that their books explode on TikTok. Um, I think TikTok, even though we have Goodreads and NetGalley and all that stuff, I do think TikTok has its plus side, especially for mm-hmm. indie authors. They get the, the deserves, they get what they deserve from the people who really can appreciate them. And I yep. love that. So to do reviews makes me happy. So I do reviews, I do at least six to seven reviews a week. And I wow. do it on one day. It's just Saturday because I read all the books because I'm a very fast reader. And so I read all my books for that week. And then I do a review for them. And then I write my reviews on Goodreads and Amazon or whatever whatever and it's just because i i enjoy doing it and as far as my blog i swear like a sailor talk about sex a lot <laughs> and the relevance of how uh the world of book talk or the relevance of just books in general is so relatable to our everyday lives mm-hmm. and basically tell women that mm-hmm. they freak out <laughs> i love it i do <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I think we need more people like you out in the world. I mean, it sometimes it's your voice, right? Telling people that it's okay to like this book. It's your voice telling people it's okay to like this. This You should like this. You should be open to this. And, and sometimes people just need to hear that. And I think there are so many reviewers that are out there. There's so many vloggers that are out there. There's so many, I mean, even now podcasters that are out there that are talking about these books and talking about these trends and the things they're reading and seeing like the louder the voices are I think the more people and it's not just even it's not a matter of like bringing more people over to read romance because I don't think that's what it's about Mm -hmm. at all I think it's about giving the people who do read it and love it the confidence to dig deeper and to share Mm -hmm. with others and to talk about it too because hell there's a shit ton of us out here reading this stuff I mean there's it's the number one grossing genre in literature for a reason right? 
women read a lot Mm -hmm. and women primarily are our audience and women also are half the time terrified to say that they're loving it so the louder louder the voices are like yours that are out there saying listen this is it like this was amazing this is why it was amazing um i think that that's huge so thank you from one lonely author to people like you it really was It really was. As much as the last few years, I think, have been an absolute fucking shit show, the amount of people, humans, that I have seen gain a voice um, is just kind of remarkable to me. It makes me really excited about what's going to happen for my kids someday. You know, (laughs) they're going to have a totally different set of obstacles than we had. uh, But hopefully we can batter down some of the bullshit so that when they get their way here, you know, they're not afraid to be like, yep. Nope, this is something that I like and that I enjoy. I mean, you guys have given me the courage to start writing my book. So, Woo! you know, it's probably out for like a couple of years. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, but you started. Start. That's the most important part. <laughs> You know, I think, and that's, I think is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I wrote my books in like hidden silence. I I wrote my original stories because I was reading Maya Banks back in the day, Maya Banks's KGI series. And I I I, fell in love with those men. Oh, she's got some good stuff. So her KGI series is like her military suspense stuff. And, you know, she's got a slew of BDSM stuff that's out there, too. But I fell in love with her as an author. And I was like, I could write my own little story. And then I wrote, like, my own six little stories. And then I never told anyone about it or showed anyone because, God forbid, they knew I was writing about sex, you know. And and I hid it all away. But now you're in a place where you're actually writing a book of your own, then you won't, hopefully you won't hide it away. Because when the time comes and it's ready, you'll have plenty of people willing to read it for you. So that's exciting. Yeah. Congrats. All right. Any final words for us before we wrap this part of our podcast up? Only thing I have to say, love the smut you're in. Love the smutcher and man, I need a better tagline. I might have to steal that one. No, no, that's mine. It's all yours. That's mine. <laughs> Storm, thank you so much. Tonight has been absolutely amazing. I love talking smut with fellow smut readers, and you hit check all those boxes. Um, so, guys, we are going to bring an end to our regularly scheduled podcast here, and uh, then we are going to go and record the extra kinky bit. So for those of you who follow us on Patreon, be ready to keep your eyes out for a little tidbit with Storm and me as we go through talking about the kinkier sides of reading and loving smut. Thank you all so much for joining us and we will see you and hear you in the next one. (laughs) Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Smut Lovers, the podcast. For more content, be sure to join our Patreon for an extra kinky 15 minutes with today's guest. Also, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at smutlovers.org. Until next time, happy reading!